Today on DC On Screen, Jason is back. Hello. We're also talking about the final Aquaman trailer, the Lego Movie 2 trailer, the Birds of Prey official title. Oh, and, and that little bell that can't be unrung. We talk about a bunch of Elseworlds stuff, too. It's right after this. Just, just right after this, guys. <laughs> that was dumb. <laughs> You think of Earth as a singular planet. In fact, it is anything but. For this is a story not of a universe, but a multiverse. Where universes and planets, such as Earth, were replicated and mirrored across a vibrating, infinite plane. Some barely different from the next. Others drastically so. This is DC On Screen. Every week, Dave and Jason talk about the multiverse of DC properties on film and television. But be warned, if it's been officially released, you can expect they'll spoil it. Welcome to episode 518 of DC On Screen. I am your host, David C. Robertson, and the returning champion, Jason Goss. Hello. You're a daddy now. Mm-hmm. 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 You're sleepy, aren't you? I sure am. Predictably tired. Mm. So sorry, man. Man's okay. It's a gorgeous kid, though. Yeah, she's a cutie. It's going to be worth it when she stops screaming. (laughs) Evelyn, dear, silence is golden. (laughs) (laughs) There's no bargaining with Uh, it. Just just screams. Just screams that rattle the inside (laughs) of your eardrums. Oh, man. It is weird. You can hear it, but you can also literally feel it in the inside of your head. Oh, you know, I know. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I was probably, I was like twelve when my mom had my youngest sister. So yeah. I mean, yeah, I know what it is to live in that house. I don't really have any of that experience. I was I was young, and then now that I was older, I was always able to pass things off like like oh, it's screaming. Here you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. I'm gonna go over here now. I'm gonna go over here where it's quiet and there's beer. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about tonight, man. Yeah, dig in. Operating kinda... Windows now, so we might as well. <laughs> it's scheduling a well, lot more tight than it used to be around this house. Yeah. Well, you know, first up, uh, we do need to say something about it, and I, it sucks because I'm not good at this kind of stuff. But um, Stan Lee passed away, and yeah. um, he was 95, and um, the guy was, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't know, I didn't know from Stan Lee uh, until probably, until I got into the X-Men around 92 when the, when the Fox cartoon came out. And then it seemed like, you know, how could you have not known? He was, you know, ubiquitous for the last 15, 20 years of his life. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I mean, I think the first time I ever saw him, like a, a picture of him was when I watched Mallrats. And, uh. Yeah, he was great in that film, and they really just ramped up the 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 myth of of Stan Lee. And um, I don't know, I I I have a lot of Marvel comics. I, I I'm I'm a Marvel fan. You know, I like both. If you listen to this show, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I know a bunch of people just you know turned off the show, but <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, whether you like Marvel or not uh the truth of the matter is the it was an iron sharpening iron sort of situation without stanley who knows if dc would even still be around yeah um, they um they, they may have faded they did out. a lot for each other as the industry kind of formed they forced each other to to work harder to to get our bucks outperform and each get, other get crazier and crazier and that works for that medium absolutely and i can't think of a better 
uh, mascot for comic books in general. And yeah, he fueled the rivalry, but you could always tell it was in good fun. Yeah, he did it with a wink. You, you mean, and um, that's that's the kind of like. I'm not gonna say that I'm like you know over the moon sad or anything because he had a really long life and he had a really good life. It seemed um, there's yeah. weird stuff here and there at the end with you know the elder abuse stuff and yeah. Sadly, I feel like we're but, gonna hear some more about that probably and end up with a less uh, less than completely glorious end to that story. But maybe maybe I'll be wrong. Yeah, I, I hope you'll be wrong, and I hope that was not the way, not the way it went down. But um. Anyway, he had a damn good run. I'd I'd be damn envious if I were me. Yeah, and uh, DC Comics. If you if you really want to get down to it, DC Comics released a statement said he changed the way we look at heroes, and modern comics will always bear his indelible mark. His infectious enthusiasm reminded us why we all fell in love with these stories in the first place. Excelsior, Stan. That's the I couldn't have said it better. Mm-hmm. You just heard me rattle on. You know I couldn't have said it better. Um. I am damn curious to go back through my collection and read those uh, Imagine If Stanley Created the DC Universe books, though. <laughs> did you ever get to those? No. I've heard of them. Those about were them. weird. They did sound they interesting. They were weird. But... They were kind of cool. I liked them. They were real weird. Like, they were just so not what the characters were at all. Like, it was just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is exactly what I wanted. Like, I wanted, like, no, I don't, I know. I don't think he would have done what they DC did. Let's, let's see what it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. And I think that the last thing that, like, I mean, there will be more coming, but I think the last cameo we actually got to see him was Teen Titans Go, mm. where he shows up for just a second. They're like, Stan Lee! And he's like, I'm back. I don't even care that it's a, that it's a DC movie. I love cameos. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, he's already yeah. got... I think he's at least already got the Avengers Four cameo coming. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like Kevin Feige in the, in the can over there, but Kevin Feige a while ago, before Stan passed, said that they had recorded a whole bunch of cameos. So I, I don't know how. I don't know how much that constitutes, but um, I hope they continue to put him in some way, mm-hmm. pictures or something in the background. Yeah, he'll pop up. Anyway, uh, they released a final Aquaman trailer. I did. I did see that. I'll uh, I'll be damned if that thing doesn't look just epic. Yeah, I mean it. It visually looks stunning right now. I, like, I'm, and it I'm it impressed. does look like a lot of the a lot of the underwater like CG that I was gonna go on like oh their faces look weird. It looks so much better. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know where it caused. I don't know if they kept working on it or if we just didn't see it right or what. But it does look good, and we've seen that same shot of Orm. It feels like a few times, and it has looked better every time. Yeah, I think so. And I. It, as far even even as far as storytelling goes, it looks like I'm gonna have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, and you know this is not you know my preferred uh, narrative arc. I'm not a big I'm not a big uh, romancing the stone Indiana Jones type of guy. It's gonna be basic, like uh, I mean it. Yeah. Everything everything is when I mean, you break it right down to a lot, it, like its base parts. It is it's just it's gonna be uh, a hero finding his footing. Mm-hmm. I mean that that describes thousands of of movies and books. But uh, yeah, it does. Uh, I've just I've never been one for the let's chase the MacGuffin across the desert dunes kind of guy. But um, you know what? This looks really cool. Like this be. looks creative and weird enough that I might be really into it. 
Yeah. Honestly, unless you're just on like cutting edge indie kind of stuff, I don't know where you're going to get away with that. You're going to have well, to tell a really basic Well, I really like story. cutting edge. Indie. I know. You know, I, I like really indie movies. That's probably why BVS is my favorite superhero movie, just because yeah, I'm like, it. yes, I, I, I understand from a business perspective and from a general audience perspective, it's not a good idea. And I've said it before. It's not a good idea to make a $400 million indie movie. But I love yeah. that shit. I lap that shit up. And it still but. has some pretty base parts when it came right down to it. It was just told in a different uh, different uh-huh. format than people were used to. But, yeah, Aquaman's going to be – it's going to feel more familiar, I think, to a lot of people. And mm-hmm. it, a lot of making a two-hour movie these days, especially like one of the holiday blockbusters or the summer blockbusters, is just – you've got two hours to make me forget about everything except what I'm looking at. And mm-hmm. this looks like it has a damn good chance. Yeah. And by the way, uh, speaking of two hours, they did uh... – they did release the runtime because the tickets are on sale and everything. It is 139 minutes. That is so long. That I mean, Man so of Steel was 100. Stare at water. But man, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was good news because they were reporting a little while ago, like last couple I, weeks. I know. It was I'm, 143. I'm in favor. I'm in favor because I, I do want them to tell the whole story. I don't want it cut like it was before in the previous WB properties. But you know, I'm gonna have to brace myself and I'm gonna have to stop drinking like any kind of water after like 1 p.m. that day. Yeah, but to to put it into some perspective here, Man of Steel was 143 minutes, BVS was 151, Suicide Squad was 123, Wonder Woman was 141, and Justice League was 120. So yeah, you know it's it's par, man. It's yeah, par of course it is. It is. That's exactly what I expected it to be. I'm just now that I have the experience of all those movies and so many others that are that length, I, mm-hmm. I know what I'm in for. It's going to require planning. Yeah, and you know we've been out, so we haven't been able to talk about this, but. They, there might still be tickets. I don't know. But Amazon Prime is offering early Aquaman screenings. Regal Cinemas, Arclight, Cinopolis, mm-hmm. uh, AMC stuff. Yeah, AMC's got it now. These are real people. This, this isn't some dude in the back alley. Yeah. No. December 15th. You have to be an Amazon Prime member to get the December 15th tickets. Otherwise, you'll have to wait until the 20th like everybody else. Yeah. Um, I've got ours. Yeah, we're going to go. It's going to be great. We're going to go. We're going to put out a review that night probably. Probably. So, you guys just going to have to not click on that episode if you don't have those tickets. I'm sorry. It'll be around. Um, <laughs> I always like when like new movies come out and we give a review because I get to watch our numbers fall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we always, get a couple of, we always get a couple of iTunes reviews. So I'm like, I can't believe they had this opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm out of here. Uh, Four out of five stars. Yeah. <laughs> So um, the review uh, embargo on social media has been lifted. There are lots of those out there. We'll get to that in just a second. But um, the um, full reviews embargo is going to be on December, sorry, uh, Tuesday, December 11th. And uh, that lifts at 11 a.m. Pacific time. So uh, I guess uh, you can wait with bated breath uh, for (laughs) the full spoilery reviews of Aquaman. But December 11th, that is ballsy, man. That shows confidence. I'm excited about that. I'm excited that the, the social media reactions are already have already been released. Uh, people are saying it's, it's really great. There are a lot of great positive reactions. Uh, the DCEU fans, this, the, the real big Snyder fans, are really pissed. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know... A couple of DCEU people are like saying stuff like, uh, I think I think it was Paul Sheary said um, that uh, this is the best Marvel movie DC has ever put out. <laughs> I don't care, man. I like the Marvel movies. I think they vary in tone greatly. 
and to great effect. Uh, and to great effect, I don't buy I, into the all the marvelous that, like, fluffy bullshit. No, but like I, I love that. Like after the Avengers movies, which get you know deep and heavy, and people have to die and all that. Like the next movie in the lineup right now is Ant Man. Mm-hmm. I, I love breaking it down to a tiny little little tell about a guy and his crew kind of thing. After after all that, yeah, yeah. it's good to mix up the tone. But um, you know, uh, mostly people are, are having a good reaction to it so far. I don't think I've seen a truly negative one. You know, there were people who said that there were some flaws in the movie. They didn't say what those those were because they're not really able to. Yeah. But um, they were still like, but overall, it's pretty great. More than makes up for those flaws. I'm like, cool. Like, so at least we won't have to deal with like negative bullshit from the bloggers. Hopefully, it'll just be from the DCEU fans I mean, who were calling us all traitors. Yeah. Like that, that's about as good as I. Not, uh, not it's not like as good as I expect in an apologistic way. It's uh-huh. more like as good as I actually realistically can expect. It's like yeah, probably a couple flaws. Really, totally worth it. Enjoy myself. Yeah, I don't expect him to say like you know fuck Citizen Kane after watching this movie. <laughs> Have you been on my Twitter? No. I convinced I've convinced Bethany to watch Citizen Kane with me tonight after we podcast. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm super excited about it. It's either going to be, for a lot of people, it's either like really exciting to watch uh, a lot of ground being broken, frankly, or just the most boring, what feels like four hours of your life. Well, see, I had to really try to convince her because she saw it in college and didn't like it. Oh. But she saw it for a class. Like in a class? Like in a classroom setting? Yeah, yeah. I don't take a few points off so. anything, man. Yeah, I know. That's what. That's my, that's my point, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm like, you're older. You understand politics a little more, you know? We're getting into, you know, <laughs> like a little deeper into themes and stuff. And yeah. Because of, you know, my constant never-ending prattling about filmmaking, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I think she could, you know, maybe appreciate it more. I don't know, I think man. the palette may have changed a little bit. Maybe. That's fair. I'm going to give it a go. God. She just hates it. I'll turn it off. But I mean, that's all you can do, but hey, you'll try. Yeah, you know. It's it's not mandatory. It's not one of those things where you know you you don't have to love it. But I, I get why it's so good. Yeah, I mean, if you call me tomorrow and I'm going, it can't be love because there is no <laughs> true love. You'll know things went poorly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> It'll be fine though. It will crack me fine. up if y'all watch it again. And you're like, you know what? I, I've never noticed before. This film is absolute shite. I mean, I've seen it like 50 times. So. I know. I know. I don't think it'll happen, but. Like it's one of those movies where I will put it on and be like, I'm going to have this on in the background. And then I'm doing other stuff and I just keep like noticing that I'm like not doing the other stuff for real. I'm just like watching the movie. You know, uh, fair enough point though. You've never watched it with this particular partner. So like I watched Love Actually with my wife again or, or, or for the first time a few years ago. It was her favorite movie. I don't think she's ever watched it again. I mean, I ruined <laughs> that movie for her. <laughs> As well you should. <laughs> I mean, on a lot of points, it was like, well, first of all, every character in this movie is a selfish piece of shit. You know, yeah. I, I could go on, but it, I did ruin that movie for her. I don't think she – if she has watched it, I know I took away some of the enjoyment. And I feel bad about that. I really do. There's no reason for that. But Oh, uh, I did the same thing with a girlfriend. Like, she – I had a girlfriend who loved that movie, and we watched it. And I was, she was like, it's just so romantic. I'm like, which part? The cheating or the – she's like, oh. <laughs> the cheating or the betrayal or yeah. – like, this feels like – this feels like some of the darker Shakespeare I'm, I'm looking at here. 
It was like she made me she made me watch Love Actually and The Notebook in one night, and I ruined both of them for her. I haven't tried The Notebook. <laughs> I haven't. What, what I, one of the things I did when I was watching Love Actually is uh, I kind of asked her at some point, I was like, "Okay, explain to me why you would date that guy. Explain to me mm-hmm. what traits you're seeing. Like what what would happen? I'm gonna I'm gonna be your friend, and we're gonna talk about this." And she she'd kind of be like, "Well, I mean, so and so and blah blah." I was like, "Okay, but blah blah." And we just did a back and forth, and by the end, it's like, "Yeah, you're right. I'd tell I wouldn't I wouldn't let a friend date him." I'm like I know. Yeah. Yeah, I think for the notebook, there's this, there's just this scene because you know uh, James Garner is the old version of of what is it, Ryan Gosling? Is that him? Uh, if whatever his name is, I think, so and uh, they don't look anything like, huh? I think I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they don't look anything like each other. Um, the the young version and the old version, and uh, there's this scene at the near the end. It was you know uh, cheesy whatever movie. It's fine, whatever. But there's this scene at the end where like there she's flipping through like the the photo album and there's and it just like it's like them throughout the years mm-hmm. and it just suddenly abruptly goes from like hot ryan gosling to like old 70s pictures of james garner from the rockford files oh uh, yeah where they like obviously just like photoshopped his head into a picture with her and i just started howling <laughs> and the girl i was dating at the time was just furious like yeah. she just couldn't believe that I was ruining the movie. I know. And I'm like, know. that is like the worst thing they could have done is to try to like hook those two up visually for me. <laughs> they should have, should have played that one low. And I could have just gone, you know what? It had horrible dialogue and it was shitty and predictable, but you know what? All right. <laughs> but no, you had to show me James Garner from the Rockford files. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, the irony of the irony of this is, by the time we were done, we were the assholes. I stand by it. Yeah, I, I don't think it was inaccurate, but I, I I did a bad thing that night. I did. I understand that. Look, you know, I'm sorry. I understand. You know, liking a film is subjective. Like, you know, you can not like it. You can like it. It's fine. It doesn't hurt anybody really. But if they're looking at me and saying, "Why do you like this?" or "Why do you not like this?" Well, you can answer. I'm not. I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I'm not gonna be like, no, it was a good movie. It was so good. I'm like, all right, well, it was great. I loved my... how the pictures moved. <laughs> and sometimes they talked. Mm-hmm. It really stuck together for me. Anyway, did you did you see that Aquaman outsold Venom on Fandango? No. Uh, yeah, their like day one sales total eclipsed Venom. Cool. They sold more tickets in the first 24 hours than Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, Wow. Broke the record for the most tickets sold by by Adam Tickets within 24 hours, which was previously held by Infinity War. Wow. What the hell is that about? I don't know. It's Aquaman. Solid. Did people forget that... Did anyone forget what Aqu- did everyone forget what Aquaman is? No, all I've seen uh, on our timeline is is just uh, like a bunch of people kind of making fun of old Aquaman, but still being like, "Yeah, I'm going to see this movie." But yeah, you remember how he flew around on fish? I'm like, yeah, we all remember it. <laughs> it was stupid. It was hilarious. It was fantastic in its own campy way. And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. But are you going to watch this movie? Oh yeah, I'm going to be there. Oh all right, yeah, cool. I love that though. I love that we're making fun of the old and we're like, we're going to. Oh, but yeah, he looks like a badass. Let's 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 go. Yeah, yeah hell yeah. And when hey, when I say did any did everyone forget what Aquaman is? I'm not bashing Aquaman. I've said for a long time Aquaman's a badass. Oh yeah. Like I'm sorry about the Super Friends guys, but you're wrong. <laughs> He's not a joke. He's awesome. Yeah. 
They deeply, uh, I'm just, deeply changed the character to have that. Well, I don't know. The character like, kind of evolved over time. It wasn't that crazy. I don't know. This, you know, casting Momoa, like Momoa and Gal Gadot may have been the best, the best decisions Zack Snyder made across the board. Yeah. Because, holy shit, man. And like the mainstream uh, accepts those two. That was the crazy part. Just was, as much as I had the same reaction to both. The first time I saw it, I thought, I uh, don't know. And then now, if you, uh, I mean, after I actually got to see it in action, I thought well, that was always meant to be. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, personally, I'm not sure that I'm completely down with Jason Momoa's Aquaman still. Like, I love Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. That's brilliant. But personally, you know, it might be a hashtag not my Aquaman kind of guy, uh, kind of thing. Uh, I'm going to enjoy it, though. Honestly, I, I'm, it's just, I know too many different versions now Yeah. to not accept it. The, the pro wrestler thing is still going to annoy me, annoy me a little bit. I've long since <laughs> been over that. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, I'll, I'm mostly over it, but there's always going to be like a little thing in the back of my head going, ugh, ugh. <laughs> no, I, see, you missed out on a portion of your childhood. A lot of us have where there was like a couple of years where you smelled what the rock was cooking. What I did what? You smelled what the rock was cooking. See, you don't know. You know what I'm talking about. I don't. I don't. I don't even know what you're saying. The um, it's one of the rock's catchphrases. Oh, where you smelled what the rock was cooking. There you go. I don't know if I stumbled on that, but yeah, it, it's. It... it sounded like you were saying where you smuggled aqua's cooking, and I was like, that was his other catchphrase. Okay, we're so you didn't about, catch either one of them. We're talking about Aquaman, yeah. but what? What does smuggled aqua's <laughs> cooking mean? Like it was. It's just a process of trying to figure out what the hell. No, I remember. I remember smelling what the rock was cooking. I know. I, I, I mean, I'm sure you, know, you do because it was it was very popular. But you know, I, there there's like a part of you maybe for like for me it was around I don't know, thirteen or fourteen for a couple of years there. I can't remember how old it was, but um, yeah, like I went to a SmackDown Live when it came to Birmingham and stuff like that. It was oh wow, it was a fun time. And then you just kind of get bored with it and. Like, what, yeah, I was the, never actually into wrestling, though. You know, the weird part with it is it's this ongoing drama mm-hmm. where, it, for some reason, at some point, something about it catches your eye, or like you go, "Oh, that's interesting," and you you want to watch it. But it's an ongoing soap opera, so eventually, there's something mm-hmm. that happens or a storyline that declines, and just it's like next time you 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 start to watch, you don't care as much, and then you've just forgotten about it a few months later. Mm-hmm. That's how it was for me, at least. It was just a little thing I. I liked a couple of narratives, I, and I bailed. I think I watched, like, one episode because it was, like, right after 9-11, and nothing else was on. Mm. Yeah. And um, an old lady gave birth to a hand. Sure. Backstage. I mean, sure. I don't have and, any recollection of it, but I'm not ruling it out. Yeah. It was, like, on SmackDown or something, but I laughed my dick off, and that was the last time I ever watched anything. Like, it was the first and last time I ever watched it. Like, I popped in, old lady gave birth to a hand. The Rock did some shenanigans that made me laugh, and I went, "All right, I'm good." All right, maybe you actually overall had a pretty good experience then. But yeah, that doesn't I sound enjoyed, too bad. I enjoyed Macho Man Randy Savage in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie. I always enjoyed him in the Slim Jim commercials. You know, yeah. It sounds like your experience with wrestling sounds like you walked into one casino your entire lifetime, put one bet down, won five dollars, went huh, <laughs> and walked out happy and on on top of the house. You know. I always enjoyed Conan O'Brien's jokes about Jesse Ventura being in politics. You know, what can you do? It occupies a unique little spot in the American landscape. I would say the most I've ever been into wrestling was um, they used to have these these. Uh, I mean, I guess they still do. They ha- they have the vi- those video games, and yeah. for the PlayStation, 
I got really into like uh, Warzone and uh, WWE Attitude or WWF, whatever it was, Attitude, because you could customize your characters and play them. So I'd have like Batman and Robin fighting, I'd have Batman and the Joker fighting. Right. That was my only because like, they they did they have making highly cool comic book games characters in those games. Yeah, they weren't making cool comic book games, so that's what I did. Like I I fought Stone Cold Steve Austin with Batman. Yeah. Or Captain Kirk. And somewhere a guy was working on Superman 64. <sighs> One of the great abominations <laughs> of all time. I prefer it. And I just actually told um, <laughs> Brent and Ray this over on Fans Without Borders that I much prefer the um, Superman Shadows of Apocalypse game for PS2, I think. It was sort of a faux open world. I like to call it a faux open world. Mm-hmm. Sure. I don't think you have a choice. It was based on the yeah, it's a open world. Mm-hmm. It was based on the uh, animated series. Hmm. It was pretty fun. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> didn't catch that. Apparently one. they're uh, they're going to be censoring Aquaman in the UK. I can't even imagine why. Is there a reason? Do we have a reason? Uh, well, they said the company was advised uh, the film was likely to be classified uh, classified fifteen, but that their preferred twelve A classification could be achieved by removing quote bloody detail. Are they going to put blue dots over his nipples like they do in their porn? (laughs) I don't know. When the film was submitted for formal classification, the bloody detail had been removed and the film was classified 12A. As I understand it, in the UK, they don't censor nudity. They don't think that's a big deal. But violence is a big thing. It's the opposite here. Yeah. It's like, yeah, just lop that bastard's head off. Yeah, just lap it off. Like, don't show a titty or the world will end. Children yeah. will walk away traumatized because who knew that women had nipples too? But um, that's too much blood spatter. Thank you very much. Yeah. If anyway. I understand it, though, that's one of the reasons people use CGI in some of the uh, more gory effects is so they can go back and argue with the censors and it doesn't cost like You don't have to do a reshoot. You can just take, oh, yeah. take some of that out. And... I look forward to the day when CGI blood looks good. One day. <laughs> Not that it doesn't look good. It's just that you can always tell. I don't know. I, I doubt I've always been able to tell. I've been, you know, it's not a strength of mine at all, but I doubt, very seriously, it's, it's always it's always that tellable. Mm, maybe not. Um, so one of the things about these Amazon Prime tickets, this is that, that's just a normal showing. It's not 3D IMAX. Oh, yeah. There's the catch. There's the rub. And here, And here's the thing, though. James Wan was asked how much the film is in full IMAX, and he says nearly 90%. That is a ton. So, like, I'm not going to be, like, Bethany's not going to be able to go with us, mm-hmm. and she wants to see it, so I'm going to try go to back convince her to go see the, I'm, I'm going to try to convince her. She doesn't like IMAX, but. I don't, I don't, or at I, least I get the it. 3D. I really but, do get it, especially the 3D, it's a lot for me to take in. I, I spend so much of my, like, time visually understanding what's happening that I, I almost forget what's mm-hmm. happening in the actual story. Mm-hmm. I feel around Yeah, that. so. I do. Anyway. I won't tell you what it is, but uh, Aquaman apparently has a mid-credits scene. Oh, good. So, you know, don't be one of those lost souls who still wander out of the theater as soon as it's over. I don't understand. I just don't. I've tried. I never understand. One of these days I'm going to stop and ask one of them. I just want to yell, you stupid pieces of shit. Sit down. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I might just one of these days like lean over that. You know, there's that... uh, where it, where it goes up in the theater, usually there's that little run on the side where you actually enter the theater. Mm-hmm. Just kind of lean over there. Hey, you! Hey, what? What? Why are you leaving? Surely you know, right? Yeah. I'm kind of. I'm getting up getting <sighs> some mundane answer like, ah, man, you know, babysitter. 
I'll catch it later. Okay. Yeah, it'll be something sad like that. Yeah. Um, you you know that Aquaman is like two days before Aquaman, Mary Poppins Returns is coming out, right? I no, I didn't know what the rub was there. I'd heard there was some Mary Poppins Aquaman related uh, something or other. Mm-hmm. And I didn't I didn't know what that was. Well, it's been it's been revealed that Julie Andrews, the original Mary Poppins, is doing a cameo in Aquaman. Okay. Uh, she'll be doing voiceover for the mythic uh, Carathean, or Carathen, oh. I think. Okay. Um, and Entertainment Weekly says her character, quote, holds the key to Arthur Curry's quest to unite the Atlantean and, and surface worlds. Um, and they spoke to Peter Safran, one of the producers, and he said they knew they wanted a, cl- a quote, classic British actress to voice the uh, the role. And um, it has been somewhat digitally altered, but you can still make out that is is her. Um, and he says, when we found out Julie was interested and available and excited to do it, casting her was a no-brainer. Well, no shit, buddy. <laughs> yeah. It's Julie Andrews. Um, he, he did joke. He said, who knew that Aquaman would have the real Mary Poppins this Christmas? Oh, Lord. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Oh. I don't think it was... I don't think it was malicious or on purpose. And, you know, she came out and said that she, you know, wishes Mary Poppins returns the best. She declined a cameo in that movie because she didn't want to, like, you know, basically steal the spotlight. But um, it is funny. Yeah. Yeah. And I will see Mary Poppins returns. I will not. Jim Krasinski said he was in tears watching it. <laughs> not Jim. John. I John, always say Jim. Yeah, I know. Uh, Jim Halpert said that he was in tears. Right. <laughs> I, I know he's playing Jack Ryan. I don't care. I can't get over it. He's Jim. He, yeah, he's always going to kind of be Jim. But I don't. I just don't have that much attachment to the original. So I'm. Oh, I don't either. I might watch it. Like probably, probably I will don't... eventually. Maybe end up watching it. it. Feels like something my wife will watch. And I'll be like, yeah, I'll sit down. Yeah. I I don't have that much attachment. But Dick Van Dyke is coming back. I do love him. I do love him dearly. So there's that. You know, he played a couple of roles in the first one. He's coming back as the old man. Looks almost exactly the same as he did in the first one. Is he going to be doing the terrible British accent for that role? I can't remember. You know, I don't remember. I don't remember if he had that. I think even I mean, he I, once I said that that was one of the most like regrettable point, like choices in his career was that accent. And yet, when they announced this movie, his reaction apparently was, can I be in it? I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And of course, how do you, I mean, hey, terrible hey, accent or no, how do you say no to Dick Van Dyke? You don't. First of all, you don't. Second, he is a song and dance man at his heart. And if you if you tell him there's something he might be able to sing and dance in, that he's going to raise his hand. Right. So if Dick Van Dyke says, can I be in, you say yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Right. I said, Lord, what is he using, man? He's still spry. Mm-hmm. And he's just been hit by a car. That's amazing. He's still fine. Yeah, he's still rolling. Anyway. He probably just like did a little... <laughs> Just like lightly rolled over the hood and probably fell and tapped a couple of the bars and ran his head on it. Went ah! <laughs> the way he hit the car, he was in rhythm. Yeah, like he maybe even <laughs> the patted. car hit him and it was like pop 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 pop. Like, yeah, pop, patted pop. the hood with his hands as he rolled. <laughs> <laughs> and then hits the ground. <laughs> I just wonder if when he when he got hit by the car, did it make that little sound effect like he just tripped over the the ottoman like bump bump bump? Yeah. That would be fantastic. Poor driver's like, oh my god, what have I done? Never you mind. Manslaughtered the America's favorite person. <laughs> You've defiled an American treasure, that's all, but don't worry about it. <laughs> Geico has you covered. All right, so they released a uh, a new trailer for the Lego Movie 2. 
I think it looks pretty fun. Yes. Uh, I love that Chris Pratt is uh, not only playing his Emmett character, he's also playing this, uh, what, what what was it? I've, uh, Rex Danger Vest? Rex Danger Vest. Rex Some, Danger uh, Vest. Yeah, something like that. It was like an amalgam of all of his other movie characters. Yeah. It's the, the crunched up version of the last three years of his life. Mm-hmm. And uh, Stephanie Beatrice from um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. She's playing Sweet Mayhem. I'm excited about that. She's awesome. She is. Um, Nick Offerman's in this thing. Will Will Arnett's back as Batman. Uh, Allison Brie is back as Unikitty. Those Elizabeth three Banks, been obviously. Before, uh, well, maybe around the same time, but uh, she she popped in for uh, this last season of BoJack. Oh yeah, Beatrice. Oh, and Charlie Day. Yeah, I saw Charlie. I didn't hear him, but I saw Charlie Day in the credits. Like the one name my uh, my eyes caught. Mm-hmm. I wasn't gonna go back for, for so, more. It's more fun in those movies to close my eyes every now and then and be like, "Who is that guy? Oh, it's Charlie Day." You know. <laughs> but he's one of those you you hear Charlie Day like you you hear Charlie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I will probably I will probably see that in the theaters, and we will probably review it. Are you gonna see it in theaters, man? What do you think? I don't know that one. I, I when does that one come out? I don't know. I didn't I didn't really pay attention. Well, but it's Will Arnett as Batman, point, so it doesn't I kind of matter. Feel like... I could maybe take a guess, but I like I said before, I operate in Windows. Like I'm creating a window for Aquaman to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, mm-hmm. that, uh, Maybe that goes smoothly. Maybe that's something I end up uh, paying for. I don't know. I don't know. But it is. It is Will Arnett as Batman. I know. We'll do what we can. We'll we'll review it one day. Someday. And I'm sure I will like it. The, the original was fantastic. Hmm. So <laughs> they released a new Joker movie synopsis. Oh shoot! And I don't normally include these, but I kind of dug this. The synopsis is drama. Joker centers around the iconic arch nemesis and is an original, standalone story not seen before on the big screen. The exploration of Arthur Fleck, a man disregarded by society, is not only a gritty character study, but also a broader, cautionary tale. I kind of felt like this was like Rod Serling Light writing this. (laughs) Yeah. Like, they're not really wanting to tell us what this is about completely. It seems very political based on all the set pictures and stuff, though. I can't, I can't tell how far they were going with that. I know they were going to play with the themes a couple, a little bit, but I don't know how much of the thematic percentage it's going to take up. Yeah. We might be looking at, like, Citizen Kane meets the Joker, man. Could be. I don't know. <laughs> I, the, the, yeah, you're right. The synopses so far have just been, well, you know, enigmatic. That's that's a good, it's all, that's a word that's always used for Joker. Why not use it for those? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so far I've been excited about it, though. And that bit of vagary yeah. isn't changing me. <laughs> All right, so um, Pony Smasher over on Shazam. Uh, that's, the, that's the director, David Sandberg. I uh, was asked, um, well, someone said, um, Pony Smasher, to be fair, WB has a shitty track record when it comes to reshoots. Can you just say it's actually for the good of the movie to call my fears? It's not that I don't have faith in you. It's the company that runs that runs things. Hashtag no disrespect. Sandberg God. writes all normal stuff, no changing the tone, removing DC references or anything else, uh, or whatever else theories are out there. So uh, I know that's the line that they that they tow. That's what all the directors say until like a year later, and they're like saying like WB screwed it up. Yeah, we've seen that happen a couple. But times. um, yeah, we have. I just I, it's hilarious to me how the guy had to phrase his question. <laughs> yeah. And it did get a response. It was well phrased, but it almost, it's, I mean, it, it almost sounds like Job seem... asking, why God, why? 
Yeah, it didn't seem particularly trolly. No, which I it felt it felt honest and like, look, I really want to trust you, man. I, I really, it's just I've been hurt before, <laughs> and yeah. I think you're a better. I think you're a good man. Please, please help mm-hmm. me. I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Chris Pine was doing a new interview for BBC Radio One, mm-hmm. and he was asked if he was surprised at his character survival. And Pine said, not all that surprised. Uh, Patty told me her idea somewhere in the middle of the first one. And when Patty gets an idea, it's a pretty wonderful thing because you can see the kernel land in the dirt. And then all of a sudden it just starts growing and becoming a tree, you know. And she could just, uh, she could make anything or make you do anything. That happened with a TV show we did. And she just fully formed. And then she acts out every part. I don't know what he's talking about in the last part. I don't feel like that was a real sentence. (laughs) I don't, I'm not sure exactly what he expressed, but he's he's excited, damn it. Yeah. And he likes watching her work, and apparently. I almost heard um, Tommy Chong saying that. I could hear his voice. Mm. Like, Patty gets an idea. It's a pretty wonderful thing because you can see the kernel land in the dirt, man. And then all of a sudden, it just starts growing and becoming a tree, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that happens a lot with celebrity interviews, though. <laughs> Every now and then, you get somebody like... Yeah. like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio always strikes me that way. Is that it, it, he speaks in it, full sentences. You know, he, he doesn't fall back on himself. He doesn't rely on the little glitches like the rest of us do, like like and man a lot. It, it seems like he like he mm-hmm. has a thought. He expresses it, and by the end of it, you're like, oh, that guy was a fucking thesis. Jesus, man, Did, were you ready for that? <laughs> I'm not. I, I don't remember how accurate what he was saying was. I just remember thinking he was well spoken. But uh, yeah, honestly, a lot of celebrity interviews yeah. kind of feel like that to me. Like you, you, yeah, you, you go. <laughs> Hey, you go listen to this interview with a character that's maybe a real somber, kind of like grade A action hero, badass, blah, blah, blah. And you ask him about, like, how do you feel about the new movie? Oh, dude, it's going to be so fucking good, man. It's got, ah, I'm excited. It's it's going to be just going to be the, the, the tits, dude. You know, okay. <laughs> Calm down. Yeah. So, and we're, I'm, well, I don't know. Uh, you're pretty good at the talking. I'm not good at talking. Mm. As that sentence. <laughs> wonderfully demonstrates. It's, uh, uh, I got nothing to say. I'm sorry, <laughs> Chris Pine. <laughs> oh, I can rattle. I can. I can definitely <laughs> go on pretty indefinitely. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Birds of Prey, uh, <laughs> and they have confirmed that it is the actual title. By the way, uh, Hollywood Reporter confirmed that. Uh, Margot Robbie revealed uh, a script. The the cover of the script that said "Birds of Prey" and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Let me say I like that take. Hmm? I like that take. Yeah, it does. And, and she, uh, yeah. I saw the drawing. She has a little like a bunch of little Harley looking doodles around it. I thought it was very in character. I dug that. Absolutely, absolutely. I dug that. I like the long title. It reminded me of Doctor Strange Love. Someone pointed out it was like Michael Keaton's Birdman or the Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. Yeah, I like that. Um, that's fun. I'm not one of these that, I don't, you know, I'm not mad because the title is too long. No. Stop bitching, you idiots. I I, <laughs> I, I pay attention to television episode titles, and those are sometimes, I mean, just, just rough. Like, Yeah. It's kind of the like point now Like every Black where, Lightning title? Yes. Those are uh, <laughs> uh, seemingly infinite. <laughs> like, the Black Lightning episode titles are like the titles of a freaking Fiona Apple album. They really are. It. Yeah, they were they were they were out there. Yeah, what was that? What was that album, Harris? That was 
Oh, there, there are a couple. Um, I don't ever remember. Like, I love Fiona Apple. God, came out in like 2000. Probably, probably more than my left foot. I remember something about a rolling uh, something or other. I don't remember. Well, there was there the her second album was like Win the Pawn something something. There's like a whole paragraph, and then like the the newer one, the newest one. The Idler Will is wiser than the turning of the screw. That was and the one I was thinking of. The Idler Will. Whipping cords will do you more than something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember all of it. Yeah. I could look it up, but that's less fun. <laughs> I do kind of like that she does that because it's it's weird. But when you if you were actually talking to someone about it, you'd be like, oh, the Idler album? Yeah, you're not going to say the whole thing. Yeah. If it practically doesn't matter one bit, we're just going to mention the, the first couple words. And so far, it's been like every other one. It's like the first one was like Tidal, T-I-D-A-L, Tidal. That was the name of her album, mm-hmm. her first album. Mm-hmm. The second one was like Win the Pawn, blah, 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 whole paragraph. Mm-hmm. Third album, Extraordinary Machine. Oh, oh yeah. I remember well, that That's one. nice and short. I that remember good. that. And then this, you know, the Idler Will is wiser than the turning of... <laughs> God, I wish they'd, they'd release a fifth album, though. Yeah. The, um... I mean, even the even the Lucifer titles were somewhere between. It, like it was, it's always a quote, and sometimes it can feel like a like a, a whole like a whole chunk. And other times, like you're hoping most of the time it's a quip, mm-hmm. and instead of like a rebuttal, <laughs> or God forbid, a question, because it'll be an entire question with a question mark in the title. Anyway, yeah. I do not so, care about the title. I'm not worried about the hidden meaning. I'm not even worried that Birds of Prey isn't technically represented as we're seeing it. It's fine. It's, it's well, all going to be okay. You know. Maybe it's, it is, maybe it is. It's something a lot of people are worried about. Like, oh, Birds of Prey is supposed to be so and so. so. I, I, I get it. I feel it. I understand. It'll be okay. Yeah. The only thing I'm upset about so far, really, is that there's no Barbara Gordon. I get that. It, and I, Yeah, I feel I, like that's fair. But yeah, I also understand not, that Warner Brothers probably doesn't want to introduce their Batgirl um, into an R-rated girl gang film. They, they Yeah, they may be holding that one a little, a little closer to the vest. But importantly... I mean, who knows if we we might actually get some of Barbara Gordon in there because it's still Christina Hodson writing it. She's writing both. She's writing Batgirl and this Birds of Prey movie. Yeah, so it's possible. Part of me, um, like, we, by the way, go ahead. Paul Dini loved the title. Oh, that's usually a good thing. He said, I love the new movie title because I have often, sorry, I often have hardly scribbled nonsense and wacky thoughts all over things like her therapist pad or my introduction to the Sirens book. So this subtitle reads as classic Quinsanity to me. One more thing to be thankful about this week. I like it. So, I mean, you know, Danny's down. Yeah. That's, You're going to argue that's with a, her creator? A heavy hitter. It's her daddy. <laughs> sounds gross. Her, yeah, there's no way to undo that. I'm sorry. That sounds gross. Like you can you can uh, change regret, it like her, her, her pencil daddy. That doesn't work. Her typewriter daddy. That's just weird. Her God? Or no, her that sounds weird. Microsoft Office daddy? No. Her Clippy? I think it was before that. So it's probably like <laughs> Microsoft WordPad daddy? No. Right. Her Clippy, no. Her creator. Yeah, that'll work. Part of it wishes they they would really lean into the whole. I mean, everyone makes every everyone's making jokes about DC being gritty anyway, and I, and they've not shied away from it exactly. But part of me wishes they would lean in on some films and other films go back, so there was that big tonal difference. Like if you go watch an Aquaman or maybe the next Wonder Woman, it's a little light, kind of more, yeah. kind of more fun. Then you go back and watch like a, a Batgirl film that's actually an R-rated Batgirl and think, well, you can do a lot with that. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind if not all ages were allowed to see every one of these films, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And I would argue that there might be a lot of people who thought there was a lot you could do with an R-rated Batgirl, and that's not appropriate, Jason. Get your get your mind out of that Quinn gutter. That's not appropriate, We have a show to do, Dave. 
They've cast Cassandra Kane for Birds of Prey, by the way. Good. Who we got? I'm not going to know her. Ella J. Ella J. Basco. You're not going to know her. She is like an 11 year old girl. Um, oh. For those of you who don't know, Cassandra Kane, daughter of assassin David Kane and Lady Shiva, who's also an assassin. Uh, she was raised from a very early age. She's a mute. She's a highly trained assassin. She reads body language. She's awesome. I loved her Batgirl run. She was Batgirl for a long time in the comics. Yes. Um, and her run uh, was just fantastic. I, I, I think I have every is- issue of that. It was a good take. Um, it really was. Yeah. She lived with Barbara, who was Oracle at the time. Uh, that is one light IMDb. Yep, sure is. Uh, I mean, how old is she? Like 11? 11, 11, yeah. There's been a lot of uh, a lot of 11 hubbub. years old. You ought to have at least 40 entries by now, Ella. Come on, get on it. Yeah, should have to scroll down. There's been a lot of there's been a lot of hubbub that she's like the niece and goddaughter of Rufio from Hook. I don't know. I never saw Hook. I know I'm from the 90s, but or I grew up in the 90s, but I don't. I never watched that movie. I did. I remember some scene about a scorpions and a cask. I don't know. A chest. <laughs> um, and this is good news. Birds of Prey added uh, the John Wick stunt and fight coordinators. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So that's cool. They also um, they had coordinator roles in Black Panther and Deadpool 2. Still good. Yep. One of them worked on Thor Ragnarok, Atomic Blonde, and Aquaman. So I, I was sold before, but now I'm... Yeah. Ready to take out a loan. Yeah. And I could say those names, but I actually can't say those names, and you wouldn't care or know anyway, so we're moving on. Gotcha. Here's a you fun can't bit. can't pronounce them anyway, uh, so why butcher them? <laughs> but know that we are grateful, uh, you who we shall not apparently name. The Venom cinematographer, Matthew Liebetik, he was arrested. Yes. Okay. Sure. And, uh, you know, he's he's the uh, Birds of Prey cinematographer, as we as we talked about a couple weeks ago. Okay. So what kind of arrested? How much so, are we talk about? Well, um, he was arrested in Poland for allegedly assaulting public officials. He was at the uh, Camera Image Film Festival, mm-hmm. and he was said to be staggering outside of his hotel. And uh, then he started attacking paramedics and police officers. The patient suddenly became aggressive toward medical rescuers, used offensive words, and hit the head of the emergency medical team. <laughs> wow. So he went to Poland and uh, had some bath salts. Uh, yeah. Uh, one of the paramedics sustained several injuries, including a broken tooth. This is not one of our fake stories. <laughs> we should mention that now. Of which, there, of which there are two in this episode, but this is not one of no. them, y'all. No. No, that, that one's... He then attacked, he attacked several police officers. I don't know if he's going to be back for filming. Um... Yeah, I I feel like Poland's probably one of those countries we have a good enough relationship with, where where they're gonna be like, yeah, we're gonna want to prosecute this guy, and we're gonna be like, yeah, that you, yeah, I get it, yeah, you should. He's facing. You should do that. Two charges, two charges related to the assaults. Uh huh. Authorities are filing an application to detain to detain him for three months. If he's found guilty, he could face up to three years in prison. I'm I'm having trouble finding the other side of this issue right now. Yeah, I mean. So. Sound like an okay cinematographer, but but hey, you know, after that they did say that uh, production is happening January of 2019 for Birds of Prey. So all right, maybe they have a backup. Maybe this has been resolved. I haven't found where it has been. But. I, I don't. I don't know. I, that that does sound like a lot to resolve. Like, how like are you going to convince the guy that lost a tooth? Well, but he's got to go film something. I don't care. <laughs> Knocked a tooth out of my head. Yeah. 
Can I be in the movie? Yeah. All right. Fine. No charges. I'm going to be a hooligan. <laughs> uh, so Ezra Miller, was he was doing an interview with Playboy, and they asked him about the Flash movie, and he says, he says, quote, nothing is ever certain in this world, but as certain as things get, we're making a freaking crazy dope Flash movie. It's one of my great life dreams, and just the fact that we're on the way. Anyone who knows about Barry Allen knows he may arrive late, very late, but once he gets there, it's all solved. We have to trust. <laughs> they did. They I also love asked how him he's about become a, like a Barry Allen expert in his time. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know how much he was before, but they gave him this character, and he just apparently has gone down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. They also asked him about um, the the recasting of Affleck and Cavill. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, when there are these leaks of information, or however people get stuff, it's pretty unreliable. And Playboy said he he responded, quote, cagely, when they asked him about the rumors. Okay. And they, they think it means that he has information that he didn't, he didn't want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or is merely frustrated that so much attention is being given to unverified reports. That's the other one. I think one. it's probably the latter. That's the other yeah. one. Yeah. Thanks for leading with that one, Playboy. He didn't actually answer us, but the way he didn't answer us. Yeah. Uh, we're in an age where, like, sometimes that can be good journalism, but... Eh. Well, they took away the boobies, so they had to become clickbait. I think the boobies are back. I can't... Are they back? I, I think so. I mean, I don't read... I never read Playboy, but... I, I mean, I had a... I mean, I had a roommate read in college interviews who, like, on, had a... On so, the web. <laughs> who got him for, like, a year free somehow or whatever, so I, I read... I read those, and they actually, strangely enough, the articles were actually relatively interesting, but mm-hmm. the, uh, I think they came back. I'm not, I I don't know. I think I saw that somewhere. <laughs> it's one of those where I think I saw that somewhere and thought, mm, that seemed inevitable. You know, I think years ago when I lived with uh, this other guy, this guy back in college, uh, he found some Playboys, and I remember I walked through and he was flipping through it. And there were girls in a barn, and I remember thinking, you really need to cover up. One of you's going to get tetanus. <laughs> There's always rusty shit, rusty sharp shit in a in a <laughs> in a barn. Like, there's nothing about that that's sanitary, yeah. guys. You walked by and thought, your first instinct, well, that's a highly unsafe environment, young lady. <laughs> Cover yourself. <laughs> I don't care that you're what you're doing for a living. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying, be safe. Lord, I was a little concerned about the cowboy hat. Like, does she have to have a cowboy hat just because she's in a barn? I mean, I feel like at least one of our listeners is going, I know what issue that is. (laughs) (laughs) There might. To my archives. There there really might be. (laughs) There really might be. All right. So J.K. Simmons was uh, talking to Collider. And um, they asked him what his uh, status for Commissioner Gordon was. He says, nothing has changed. There are conversations going on that I'm not going to make public. Which is an interesting statement to make. And he says, as far as I know, there's no opportunity in the immediate future for me, Commissioner Gordon. But I continue to be optimistic that it will happen again. I do too. Uh, a lot of people are looking at this and saying, he's saying nothing is happening, period. Um... I think it's interesting his usage of, quote, in the immediate future. Yeah, that's the part I hear the most. It sounds like right now he hasn't been in any way told you're not that character. Just mm -hmm. you're not in on the docket. 
And I think it's interesting that he said there are conversations going on that I'm not going to make public. Like, we don't know anything. There's nothing for us to know. No. I just think the 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 verbiage he uses is an interesting... It just but tells in, me that, you know, in his the Affleck though, thing... His, the, your agent and your manager are kind of often talking to, to producers and working out a schedule and... You know, part of when mm-hmm. part of when you're down for a role, when he says the immediate future, to me that reads as they didn't tell me not to schedule myself somewhere else right now. But mm-hmm. they also didn't tell me that I've I've been recast or anything like that. And right. the fact that he says there are conversations happening, if that's true, means that somebody is talking to his people mm-hmm. because he's still that that guy. Yeah. I don't know. That's how it reads to me. Yeah, me too. So um we're we're gonna move into the segment where you're gonna be pissed off if you're like a real well, a movie fan. Nah, good. Haven't lost um, those. If you're used to being pissed off at Warner Brothers, <laughs> buckle your seatbelts. Because oh my damn, Guillermo del Toro. If you recall, Oscar-winning Justice League, Dark, Guillermo right. del Toro. If that, if that matters to you, it doesn't mean anything to me. But I love Guillermo del Toro, so whatever. I loved him before he won the Oscar. Yeah. Um, if you recall, he was attached to write and direct. Justice League Dark, mm-hmm. and then there was reported he walked away from the project. Um, he has uh, the the ship got scuttled. That's all I remember was right. He was the name they were shopping it around with, and then suddenly he was like, "Yeah, I had Yeah, he was he was just uh, tweeting about a group of projects that he that he had written that failed to get produced, and um, that does include Justice League Dark. Mm-hmm. And he writes, to be clear, these screen pl- these screenplays are, in all caps, written, done. He says, each of them took months or years of my life. <laughs> Meetings, synopsis, beat sheets, and were all written. Features 90 to 130 pages each. Mm. These are not maybes or wish list items. They are done. This was not a treatment in a couple of meetings. Over a mocha. How do you call yourself an executive of anything mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and not have Guillermo del Toro do whatever the hell he wants in your cinematic universe? Oh, all right. I mean, possibly. I don't know what was in those hundred pages, but he is good. Mm-hmm. With an outstanding, uh, fantastic uh, resume, amount of credibility in the yeah. community. Yeah. Now. It's only slightly more weird to me that, it, like, in your mind, and I'm not necessarily disagreeing, but I want to put it out. In your mind, they should have received the 100 pages, mm-hmm. looked at the title, said, yep, that says Justice League Dark, uh-huh. slid it back into the envelope, written, yes, please, with a Sharpie and a big heart symbol, uh-huh. and told it to uh, send it back with return postage paid, and where should we send the check? Now, I'm not disagreeing with that, but I do find it even more insane that someone took the 100 pages... Uh, presumably read it, although in a lot of cases it's the people below you that read it that kick it up to you and all that kind of crap. Um, mm. That someone did read this and go, eh, I don't know. I'm sure they did. I just think they have shit for brains. We are talking about uh, what I hope. What I hope will just be a, a different era. Mm-hmm. So maybe just maddening. Just maddening. I mean, I'm like I'm saying your version is pretty extreme, but if you're asking me to choose between reading his hundred pages and, and not going forward with it in any capacity, or your extreme version of yes please and where do I send a check, I would prefer your version. Mm-hmm. I would definitely side with you. Yeah. No. So over to Suicide Squad for just a minute. 
Uh-huh. Do you re- or maybe not just a minute? Who knows? Do you remember months and months ago, maybe even last year, when all of that uh, all of that concept art for Suicide Squad came out, and it looked like there were uh, I don't know, like gods and stuff, like boom tubes and shit, parademons. I, I do vaguely remember boom tubes. Yeah. So some of that stuff surfaced again, and. Um, Someone asked if uh, Steppenwolf, Boom Tubes, and Parademons may have originally been a Suicide Squad. And David Ayer says, This is right. Enchantress was under the control of a mother box, and Steppenwolf was prepping an invasion with the Boom Tube. Had to lose that when the Justice League story story arcs evolved. He says that Steppenwolf was the original boss fight. Oh my. Which would replace the climax battle with Deadshot, Harley Quinn, and the squad fighting Enchantress and Incubus. So, um, he did confirm that Enchantress's nondescript minions, the, uh, things with all the eyes, those were supposed to be people turning into parademons. Wow. That is a lot to handle. That is, that is a lot. And that weird, uh, unexplained magical energy thing in the sky with all the trash floating around it. That was a, that was a magic garbage ring. Yeah. That was a boom tube. Of course. Originally. Yeah. So we were going to have Harley Quinn riding into town to save them from a boob, boom tube, and someone thought better of that? Apparently, yeah. Okay. Well, I kind of want everyone fired again. <laughs> and yeah, I've seen people, you know, responding to this with, release the air cut! Well, sweetie, that didn't become, that was, no, the air cut is still Incubus. <laughs> I'm sorry, they never filmed this. They never filmed Steppenwolf and all that. Yeah. Um, I mean, release the air cut was a thing before, but I, I, we did... Yeah. pretty much get the cut he was able to make. But it, it does explain a little bit, and I may be remembering well, no, there's, it wrong. Well, no, there is another air cut. There's an actual well, there's, air cut yeah, that all with right. all the Harley Quinn abuse, and it was much darker. Yeah. There is an actual air cut. He does kind of scorched, explain, though. Like, scorched face Joker. He he was more excited before. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That, that does seem to be the trend, man. Uh, these directors come in, they're really excited, there's a big plan, and then they get... I mean, it just boils down to like, yeah, this is what you're allowed to do, and they just get trapped in a little sandbox. It keeps feeling like that's what ends up happening. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the the world is your oyster. I mean, this acre. Mm-hmm. You have this acre, and you're only allowed to do this on it. Sorry. Yep. Also, have it out by then, and you can only have one mule. Mm-hmm. So I love that that Ayer's been just so forthright with what what happened now. Like, yeah, he clearly does not plan to work for Warner Brothers again. <laughs> Well, for a minute, here's the thing. Like, I feel like, you know, a few weeks ago we were like, you know, Ayer and Zack Snyder need to shut the hell up. Just stop, you know, because, the I, you know, I was feeling like they are gearing up the Snyder Cut people to not support the rest of the DCEU. Yeah. But I don't think these people are going away anyway. And um, I kind of am starting to believe that, like, if they don't release these cuts... It's going to, like like I said the other day, like if I was Hamada, the first thing I would have done was say, what do we have to do? We've got to, we've got to get some goodwill here. What do we have to do to release these cuts? If you like the Justice League theatrical cut, God bless you. Carry that with you forward. If you don't, we've got the, the Snyder cut, the air cut, whatever you need. I don't care how much money it would cost. That's the first thing I would do. But if Aquaman doesn't succeed, there's no way it's ever going to happen. I don't think. Like, I, I just don't think it's going there to. Is a, that's, I was, this is what I was thinking the whole time you were saying that, is you just told me about Aquaman's cells. Yep. There's a chance that that 
those cells alone, that 24 hours erased any chance. There's a you real possibility so? though, that because it the the thing to me has always been show me where they make money, and I've never it's never been explained. To me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm pissed about that cut. That sounds fantastic. I, like the story arc they were going to take to get Dark Side introduced. Fantastic. I I want to strangle somebody. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> yeah. You st- you still had to make it make money. You still had to make it make sense for them to to diverge that path, and they've they still haven't. They've kept it close to the vest on Affleck, Cavill, all that. Mm. They 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 will not let people talk about whether they're going to change course. And it may yeah. have been Aquaman that they were waiting on. It. I don't know. I really don't. They may have been have been multiple films. It may have been. I don't know. But I do feel like if Aquaman does flop, and right now, I mean, twenty four hour sales are great, but. Or the pre-sales are that's great, but you, we need the whole box office that weekend. We need the. I one feel like after the bloggers. The, I feel like the bloggers are already seeing where the trends are going. They're like mad because they didn't get to. They're not going to use. Be able to use their Aquaman flops like a fish out of water. I, I somebody's going to. <laughs> somebody's going to. I, if, if it's not that, it's going to be crowds hooked on Aquaman. It's going to be something, man. Oh yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. We're going to be mad about it. I'm mad. I even thought of that right now, but. <laughs> like there's a real chance that the Aquaman cells, if they're if they're good, erase any chance of that. And when I say any chance of that, I'm still thinking that's a one percent chance. So you think that if Aquaman is successful, there's no there's no hope for the Snyder Cut. It's very possible. Or the, the same way if Venom is successful, we're worried about Spider Man not being allowed in the MCU anymore. See, I think it's I think it's the opposite. I don't. See, you're thinking, though, you can double down and have two paths. That's one thing. And it's possible. It mm-hmm. really is. Because we still got the Joker going on over here. Mm-hmm. Still got this little part of the story we don't know about. Well, maybe maybe their NDAs are, are ending. And Zack Snyder and David Ayer are going, hey, this is our last chance. So if Aquaman does well, they'll never go back to it. So we have to try to make it happen now. Maybe. But it doesn't sound like Ayer's all that worried about NDAs listening to that. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. When I say don't. And isn't worried about NDAs. He's going to have to be worried. Like, there's some serious money involved in a lot of those. Well, so, I, I feel like he only is big. I feel like he is. He was worried about NDAs because he basically lied about it for like a year and then was quiet about it for a while and is now coming out with stuff. Yeah, but a, like an NDA has a time period in a lot of cases. So, yeah, I know. I mean, if, if you do it on the last day before. I mean, it's just as bad. It's like if you were, yeah. broke your parole on the 364th day of the year and you're going back to jail. It doesn't matter. You only had 12 hours left. I understand. But I'm, I don't know what the what, what that time frame is. For all I know, it like no you know ended a couple of weeks ago and he's like, yeah, yeah, I can finally talk about how this is bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, it could be that. There may be some timing to it gearing up right before Aquaman. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. But, you know, I am mad that the um, idea was lost for Mm-hmm. That sounds fantastic. Like there was a the executives just they screwed us in so many ways. The fact that we're oh, even yeah. having this conversation, even mm-hmm. as people who enjoyed the movies for the most part, is mm-hmm. still a product of them having fucked us. Yes. And um, but you know, there's there's been a little bit of um conspiracy shit going on. Like some people think that David Ayer and Zack Snyder are talking about this stuff because they are actually are in talks, and uh, something might be happening. Mm-hmm. Other people think um. You know, that something that they were in talks and then something changed. Like, I listened to the squad cast talk about it, and uh, one of the things I'm going to talk about here in a minute. Oh, you think they they, already had that? They already saw that picture. Like a ripcord kind of, uh, yeah, like theory going on. Yeah, like there are certain, like, like, like I said, the squad cast, like they have friends in high places, I guess. They get information 
right? Mm-hmm. And then they can't. They don't say anything about it, even to their friends. Damn it! <laughs> and <laughs> damn their integrity. And, damn their integrity. Um, and they seem to think that there were talks, and the, something happened, and those talks aren't happening anymore. Uh, I've seen other people online, you know, conject that uh, Zack Snyder is, is back on the lot, which we know he was back on the Warner Brothers lot because there was a big uh, charity campaign to raise money for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And when they g- reached their goal, they flew a plane over the Warner Brothers studio lot that said, release the, f- the Snyder Cut banner, you know. Mm. And uh, Snyder took a picture of that and... Uh, Seemed to very be very pleased with it, and had like, he wrote that as caring. He had a little like uh, thank you hands. Little. Yeah, uh, and um, then he's he's gotten a little snarky. He's gotten a little pissy on us uh, on Vero. He and it was funny. This is which is why I'm bringing this up too. I just loved this. He had a giant on, on Thanksgiving. He had a giant turkey in the oven, and he like very cinematically like pans up to the turkey, and it's got a thermometer in at 120 degrees. Mm-hmm. And and with the caption, an hour more at least. <laughs> 120 degrees, 120 minutes. The giant turkey. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so that's to good. follow up, yeah, like seven I don't months think that ago. Tur- that turkey's still not going to be cooked, in my opinion, but that's good. That's good. Maybe not, but, you know, uh, probably be juicy. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seven months ago, Zack Snyder posted a picture of Wonder Woman from his Justice League cut, and um, it was her with a torch staring at something in shock. We don't know what it was. Well, we do now. Yeah. Um, and then a few weeks ago, they or not uh, there. There were all these pictures released of the inside of whatever this was, this like tomb or this room with all these murals and. It was the history lesson scene. Every DC movie had a history lesson scene. This one had one as well. Yeah. It, you know, we see apocalyptic priests. We have parademons. We've got, like, all sorts of shit. Fire, it looks like. It looks like we've got, like, scripture, um, horses. It's just the whole, like, telling the, retelling the story of the, the Amazons fighting the uh, the parademons and the, the armies of apocalypse and... Snyder released a picture of what Wonder Woman is looking at, and uh, with the caption, a bell cannot be unrung, and it's, it's dark side on this mural. Mm-hmm. We already know, a couple weeks ago we talked about, he, he went ahead and said that like at the end of the movie, the League was supposed to be looking up into the sky at a boom tube, looking at dark side coming down. So uh, Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, it this all references is... uh, Eisenberg doing the ding, 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 ding. He's, we've got the yep. bell being unrung there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a very cohesive picture, and I don't know if I've I've thought of this before or forgotten it or what, but it, maybe I'm almost starting to think it's such a cohesive picture mm-hmm. that maybe he's just taking mercy on everyone and trying to give them at least the at least tell them what was going to happen. Right. And there seems to be some idea that you know this was like all the scene. This was the scene that was eventually replaced with Hippolyta just like firing the arrow. I don't know what it means. Oh. <laughs> Like they need to cut that, cut this down to two hours. We got we gotta get rid of the history lesson. Oh, so so disappointing. Maybe I, even if he is just trying to say like, "Hey, y'all are excited. This is uh, this is what I was gonna do." Mm-hmm. It has, it's taken so long, and I, I don't know if it's having the effect. That's if that's what he's trying to do. I don't know if it's having the effect that it's intended to have. Uh, 
It, well, you know, I can't go into my timeline without seeing someone screaming about the Snyder Cut. It's impossible. It's impossible. There, I mean, there are still people out there who are just rabid. Yeah. I'm like, it, why are you guys still talking about this? That's what I'm suggesting. If, if, Every if day. If Snyder was maybe trying to be, uh, to placate us a little bit with, this is what I was going to do, and hey, get that monkey off your back. This was this is what I was planning. Mm-hmm. Like in the way you, uh, like I've had a couple shows uh, where you read the, the, like the a Reddit AMA later from the showrunner, and they're like, oh, this is what I was going to do for like a show that got canceled too early. Yeah. And you think, well, at least I know what they had planned. Right. Um, yeah. And that makes me feel a little bit better because I can just visualize it and have some closure. Like, I don't know if it's having that effect for a lot of people. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm on both sides of it because I'm sick of hearing about it, but this is all fascinating to me. Like, I absolutely want to know what Snyder was going to do. Yeah, we've called a moratorium on, on several occasions of the Snyder Cut stuff, but this is, this was, this was different, new and big kind of stuff. Yeah, this was hefty. Yeah, this was hefty. Um, and a lot of this was stuff that I've just passed on before, you know, but leading up to that dark side reveal, like, okay, well, shit, I need to go back and talk about this for a minute. Yeah. With air um, and the Steppenwolf, you know, assist, yeah, well, that's, yeah, this feels like the ground is moving a little bit and I don't know in what direction. If you combine it all, it does feel eventually like you were in a meeting and uh, like there was a plan and then you were the one who, like, you still remember that meeting and the plan, but it, it all changed afterward. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely want the Snyder Cut. I absolutely want the Air Cut, even though the Air Cut is, I promise you guys, it is not the Parademons and shit. It's just not. They never shot that. Um, still, I want the Air Cut. I want the Snyder Cut. Um, desperately. Not enough to bitch about it every day on Twitter, but desperately. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't lose any sleep over it. I lose sleep over other things these days, but I don't lose any sleep over that. But, uh, I mean, if it came out, it, it would definitely be a fuck you, take my money situa- situation. This is no-brainer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm cutting out meals <laughs> to make sure that I get those Blu-rays. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm diabetic. That's tough. That is. That's an actual physical struggle for you. Um, it would, so, it would I, can't, I can't think of a better way to segue into television. Uh-huh. Ava DuVernay, the director who is, is working on New Gods... Just signed a one hundred million dollar deal with Warner Brothers TV. Uh huh. Her uh, forward movement shingle covers drama and comedy series, documentaries, digital content, event projects, and longer form projects for broadcast and cable, premium cable, streaming services, and other platforms. Uh huh. So she's she's in with Warner Brothers for the long haul now. I suppose, yeah. Good lord. I mean, it's similar to how they have. Jeff John's signed on right now, isn't it? Oh, I I don't know. I know he's got his little production company, and he's got his little production company. He's got to deal with Warner Brothers, and he's basically just I mean, they've, probably they've got him kind of a little bit off the leash. Like, yeah, man, mm-hmm. you're in charge of this, 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 and this. Let us know if you need anything. <laughs> yeah, it's working out right now on DC Universe. So fuck, let, yeah, let her go. If, mm-hmm. if she got the same deal and she can pull it off, it, yeah, hell yeah, yeah. I'm happy for. her. Interested to see what she'll do, but I'm I'm sure it's not going to be most of it's not going to be DC. So yeah, I know, but you got her in house and you're paying her, so some of it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So um, we're moving over to TV. If um, you guys need to not hear that because we're going to get a little spoilery, probably, or if you just don't care to listen to the TV segment, uh, we tweet at DC on screen. I tweet at David C. Robertson, DCOnScreen.com for our, every episode, and uh, we do love hearing from you. So. Drop us a line, 
you know, send us a review on iTunes or wherever. Helps the show out. Share us with your friends. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure they're subscribed. Don't even tell them about it. Just, you know, grab their phone when they're not looking and mm-hmm. go over to iTunes or whatever. Subscribe them to DC on screen. Catch them when they're asleep so you can get the face recognition and get into their phone. All that. Yeah. Just, you know, go into Stitcher while they're sleeping. Get them drunk. Mm-hmm. Let them go to sleep. Open up the, their Stitcher app and just start playing from, like, as far back as you can. Yes. Poison, and let it... kidnap, and violate your friends in order to get us more subscriptions. That's right. Because sharing is caring. Yeah. Over to DCTV. <laughs> it's all for the greater good. You're good. It is. Uh, HBO has released these these two teaser images f- for Watchmen. Uh, the first is a picture of two rows of police officers lined along a wall, and they're wearing yellow masks. And it says, Masks Save Lives. And the other is a yellow-masked cop with a flashlight in front of a cop car. And it says, Hiding in Plain Sight. I don't know what any of that means. Mm-mm. But it does look iconic and cool and creepy as hell. It's good imagery. It is really good imagery. It, sh- it shouldn't have been a video of it, because it's not a video of it. Well, you know why they're doing that, right? Is it because of the algorithms? The algorithms pick up video and, and put push that out better. And people are now so also people are now so used to seeing images they just scroll past them. But that slight movement of the images make people stop. I get it. I just want to cry bollocks off the top of my head. I mean, it's the truth. I get it. I understand. I'm sorry, man. Without condoning or condemning, I understand. I understand why. Uh, but not to be outdone, uh, Lynn Wiseman, the Swamp Thing executive producer. Uh, posted a on Instagram a one minute and fourteen second long still video of a tulip mm. that was captioned "It rises, see you soon." Well played. Yeah, and it was set uh, to like uh, to Village Green Pres- Preservation Society by the Kinks. Oh, even better. Yeah. So hey, that was better than before. They didn't have music in the Watchmen videos. I know. So you know, good good one upsmanship there. <laughs> All right, over to Gotham. Did you see this this trailer for the season five? Did you see this thing? A little teaser, yeah, yeah. They're calling it Legend of the Dark Knight, which is dope. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't help it, man. I saw those cat eyes on Selena and just went, "Oh God, this is Tiger Tiger all over again." <laughs> I don't, I don't need them to turn her into an actual cat. Well, they have the technology within the frame of that show. I know and they do. Probably going to bring it back Hugo for something. So why not? Just because you could do something doesn't mean you should do it. Then you haven't been watching Gotham. (laughs) It's like the motto of the show. Yeah. I really, the, the watching the, even the teaser for that show, I, a lot of the still images, uh, gave me great joy. I, I, I'm actually, Uh I'm really excited about watching it. And I'm also Mm -hmm. really excited that it's ending. Me too. And I don't uh, mean that um, as a backhand um, compliment. I just mean, I, 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 it looks like they're really going for it and they're going to go out on a bang. And I like that. Yeah. Did, have you seen those set pictures? I know you might I might not have. Probably avoid. They it. have set pictures of fat Robin Lord Taylor in a purple suit with a top hat and monocle. He is properly the penguin. I have heard that that was out there. I I did avoid actually seeing it. Oh my gosh. Cuz I do. I most of the time when I see set photos I just keep scrolling or turn my head or whatever whatever it takes. I usually do too, but the, uh, it was so jarring. I you went wait, to. what? You had to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yep. There's there's the Riddler with a question mark. Okay. <laughs> All righty. They are plugging in. We well, after the cat that. eyes, 
after the cat eyes, I saw Tiger Tiger, yeah. which is possibly my one of my least at least you know I even like I've got Batman in my basement more than Tiger Tiger. Oof. So it's probably my least favorite aside from the Farmer Brown episode, my least favorite TAS episode. So I saw that and I was like, "What horseshit is that?" But then I, I I think somewhere in my mind, once I saw like even just at a cursory glance, I saw Penguin and Riddler proper. I had to stop because I needed to be excited. Mm, okay. Like I had to see those two hanging from a lamppost. Yeah, they go. <gasps> yeah. You need a little little dopamine boost. To... <laughs> I get it. And this is kind of cool too. Um, ben McKenzie and Aaron Richards. Ben McKenzie is writing the hundredth episode of Gotham. Aaron Richards is directing it. Interesting. So good for those cats, man. Yeah, I mean, they've earned it. I've, I haven't I haven't been a huge fan of the character of Barbara over the years, but um, you know, I'm. You know what? That's actually glad a good that point. Aaron... We will get to find mm-hmm. out if she's directing it. If it was her fault after all. <laughs> I, you know, the last few seasons, I haven't really minded her that much. No, honestly. Her, like, her as a character has been on a, like, a straight 45-degree angle up, like, upturn since I saw her. Yeah. But, and I'm happy that she's directing because, you know, looks fade. Jonathan <laughs> Frakes knew it. That's why they let him. That's why he kept bugging them to let him direct on Next Generation. And guess what? Those yeah, he used faded. to sit in production meetings and like, hey, you know you're not supposed to. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here and I have a notepad and I'm listening. It's you carry on or not. I'm I'm gonna be here. Yeah. So you I know you can't can't be in front of the camera forever. I mean I guess you can, but you gotta expand. You gotta grow. Yeah, I like it. I like him stretching. I'm the proud leg. of her. I'm proud of Jim or Ben, whatever you call him. I like him as Jim now. Yeah. Everybody's Jim now to me. Yeah, I know. A lot of those. <laughs> over the over the Arrowverse. CW announced uh, their mid season premiere dates and uh Black Lightning is moving to Mondays. Look, they got Tuesday, January 15th, 7 o'clock, 8, 7 central, The Flash, mid-season premiere. Sunday, January 20th, 8, 7 central, Supergirl, mid-season premiere. Monday, January 21st, 8, 7 central, Arrow, mid-season premiere, followed by Black Lightning at 9, 8 central. And uh, Legends of Tomorrow is going to be returning in April of 2019 after Black Lightning's second season is over. Which is a Bummer, man, because I have not enjoyed Black Lightning this season, but I have really liked Legends of Tomorrow this season. I will say Black Lightning, uh, it picked up for me. Did it? I, I'm still so behind. I'm four behind. It did pick up for me. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I was a little surprised because I was pretty down on that first episode, but it, it, it's getting back mm-hmm. to uh, like the first few episodes of the series I was really excited about. And I, I'm, I feel like we're back there where I was I was pretty pumped about the next episode. Okay. But Legends in particular, this is a, a height I didn't know they were capable of. Yeah, let to me, like, Legends is killing it, and I'm surprised by that, but not nearly as much as Arrow is killing it. Like, Arrow has been on point. I'm all caught up on Arrow. Like, Arrow has been my damn jam this season. Yeah, yeah. Arrow's, um, they're knocking it out of the park. I, like, I, uh, Stephen Amell had some advice that he he was willing to put public that he had kind of told the production and, and the writers' room was like, dude, play this like it's your last chance. And it it felt like they're taking his advice. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, it's also really ominous, and I'm <laughs> I'm hoping it doesn't mean what it, it may or it I'm may scared not. It means. But if it does, it it still means you know what? If it if you go out right now, you went out on a bang. Mm-hmm. It's it's really it's one of those things where like with uh, with television shows in particular, they are going to come, they are going to go. You can only hope they had a good life. Mm-hmm. But uh, man, 
a lot of those shows are killing it right now. It is going to really hurt to kind of leave Legends for a few months there. Yeah. But apparently they liked their numbers when they did this with Supergirl last year. Yeah, like looks pushed, like. Pushed it way back and then had something they aired over the summer. And All right. I guess it just means we're going to do a really late-ass Legends season slash possibly series finale review. Yeah. Um, I actually forgot to ma- mention this with uh, Gotham news. I, I just layered it wrong. Uh, Gotham is being sued by local business. Oh. Um, you know, they, they unveiled their version of Bane recently. Uh-huh. And this company, this local company, is filing a lawsuit, uh, the Parco Brothers Scrapyard <laughs> in Des Moines. Um, is they put out a statement saying we're happy and proud to present the arts when we can when we can as a company, but the show Gotham, uh, their recent costume choices have left us no choice but to follow suit for the violation of intellectual property. Um, every now and then people come grab scrap to fill out a bit of a costume somewhere, but my brother Curtis had a pile of parts that we like to call art, even though it may not qualify by traditional standards. He called it my strong man. Uh. It had been a fixture that uh, the regular customers talked about for years. Suddenly, some people come, bought the whole thing. And I thought, well, that was fun, but $45 is $45. <laughs> and then he's scrolling through the internet one day, and he sees Strong Man with some glossy paint, and it was Bane. So, yeah, I don't know. That's that's, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, anyway, back on our Arrowverse kick, uh, Elseworlds. Have you seen all these Elseworlds crossover promos? Have you seen this stuff? Most of it, yeah. I think all. Of it. I, oh my lord! I, I think I think all of it. Um, man, you pumped? I'm pretty pumped. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped, man. Batwoman in action. We got we got uh, this John Deegan cat running around like controlling people, changing reality. Mm-hmm. You got like Superman Prime black costume. Like what? What? Mm-hmm. Oh! You won't. You won't do to this world what you did to mine? All that? Yeah, man. Like, what did they do to the 90s Flash world? I don't know. What did they do to John Wesley's ship's home? I don't I don't know. But it would make a ton Who? of sense in canon if what they did is, it like, it would make a ton of sense in canon if they, if, be, we're getting, like, parts of, of the 90s Flash uh, version in the current version of the Arrowverse. Mm-hmm. Like, the reality that we're in, it would make a ton uh-huh. of sense if there was some crossover for dubious reasons. I like it. Mm-hmm. I very much like it. Um, have you did you did you notice the little guy that was jumping off out of Arkham Asylum and laughing maniacally? You think that was Joker? I don't. I don't know. The thing is, anytime you present Gotham, you it it feels like you're almost entitled to have somebody laugh maniacally somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I doubt it. I really doubt it. Yeah, probably. It just seems way but... too active in other properties right now for them to borrow him. Did you see this picture of um, that Stephen Amell posted of? Michael Rosenbaum and Tom Welling at a table with him. And he says, pretty excited about this one. <laughs> That's the one, man. That's the, the one I'm really hoping for. That somehow there's a backdoor entrance to that universe that they're going to explore here. I'm hoping for it, but the thing is, is they're at the uh, Knocking Point Wines, which is with Stephen Amell, is his wine company. And like Stephen Amell has made wines with Colton Haynes and uh, Emily Bett Records and pretty much a whole bunch of different people from these CW shows. And yeah. he did one with Jason Momoa. So they're probably just doing Rosenbaum and Welling wines. Honestly. I know. <laughs> I really want like, it to I be know crossover not, shit though. I know it's not going to be a thing, but damn it. I want it. I really want it. <laughs> I, like I would love um, it if, if that was a real thing. And then like the day after 
on his website you can find available for, available for sale like gotcha wine mm-hmm um but yeah dude elseworlds looks cool it does. even if they doesn't have those cats and batwoman looks awesome in action the monitor looks awesome everything just looks cool i am a little sad because they um they have addressed why batman is not going to be in the elseworlds crossover no oh. and they said that batman bruce wayne's batman has been missing for years allowing crime in gotham to flourish it's a dead city, said Guggenheim. The way I sort of describe it uh, to Stephen is, it's there, but for, this, for, but for the grace of God goes Star City. It's the worst case scenario. The reason no one talks about Gotham is the city might as well be dead. It's practically a ghost town. Hmm. All right. Well, so they turned into like Blue Haven pre-Nightwing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carolyn Drys says, our approach is, what does Gotham look like after the Batman has, gone, has been gone for three years? So if you have the law and order, protector, and hope gone, what happens as a result? Some people are thriving in his absence because now they can start to do their own thing without an oversight. Um, a lot of other people are suffering and they're losing hope. And the city itself and infrastructure is falling apart. It is not a happy place. Our guys walk into a grimy, scary Gotham. Which... Yes, I admit sounds cool, but also, why do you always have to have Batman stop being Batman? It's not always, but it makes sense for what they're doing. If if they're going to do Batwoman, it gives her a clear clear slate, man. I mean, she can The city is bad enough. You can have more than one hero. Not really cuz Yeah, you part can. Of the mythos of Batman is it's I mean, it's in the comics right now. It's it's been in the comics many times before is he's so damn controlling. It's part of his personality. That you, mm-hmm. it's like you can't have a part of the Bat family there without explicitly saying he's not part of the picture anymore because you have to either ex, you have to explain him, you have to explain him some way. Like even him not being there, you have to explain. That's how controlling he is. I kind of admire it. Yeah, but you know, it's a big city, not and big enough and that Batwoman like, he can't get has around. her own comic book. Batwoman has her own comic book, and he's there. I mean, he can maybe be off at the league somewhere. Yeah, like he's across just, town fighting the Riddler. She has at times, like, but he, for instance, I think they just canceled hers. Didn't they? I think so. That would be dumb. They're about to make a show. 85% sure they canceled that. Now nah, he'll be back in a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're just going to disagree on that. It's okay. I do think you have to exclude him. And the, the I don't. The I, it's the same thing, thing as like these. You have, to, you have to do it because he's the person he is. It's the same thing as these people who watch the Defenders and go, well, it doesn't make sense the Avengers wouldn't wouldn't have noticed or be. See, the I don't, Avengers I don't are think busy. It's that deep. I really don't. Especially when in a show where you've already mentioned Bruce Wayne by name. Yeah, they've mentioned it by name, but also, you know, Batman point. could be with the league somewhere. He could be in another country somewhere. He could be, you know. Well, they do that with Superman all the time. They explain, I mean, they did it in Supergirl this season, explain why he's not yeah. present. But yeah, it's off in Argo. I, I get it. Like, there are ways to do it without it. But if you're really going to try to build a universe, especially with her, like, they're, we haven't heard much about the, like, Batwoman series. But mm-hmm. we do know they're treating this as a bit of a backdoor pilot. Yeah. Especially given that, you want to give yourself as clean a slate as you can. Just say he's gone and he hasn't been seen for a few years. You can still bring him back later. He was just yeah, hadn't been I, seen for a few years. I get it. I get it. It's aggravating, though, especially when, you know, I've already seen a Birds of Prey series where they're like, Batman's been missing for years. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, come on. Yeah. And then Dark Knight Rises. But, Batman's been retired for eight years. No, all right. Now, that one's a different conversation. Birds of Prey, that was just a bad show trying to get away with something. <laughs> it wasn't that bad of a show, but it was weird. It was... It was rough. Uh, um, Dark Knight Rises. Whole, it was a little rough yeah. conversation that we have recorded hours on. We have anyway. Moving on to another thing. Uh-huh. Uh, 
that the the internet's flipping out about. I don't think we've talked about it. John Cryer as Lex Luthor. How do you feel over in Supergirl? Like a loud eh. <laughs> like if you can express I, exaggerated apathy. Right. Extreme um, ambivalence. You know. Well, look, John Cryer's a funny guy. He was Alan Harper in Two and a Half Men. That's how he's widely known. That's the thing. He, I'm not even sure it's hmm? his fault. I'm not sure he's a funny guy either. No, he's funny. He's pretty funny. Like, I didn't like him in the show, but that's because I didn't like the show. Okay. Yeah, I don't like anything Chuck Lorre, though. Well, you go back far enough Chuck and you find a Chuck Lorre. It's just, it's the, the last few... Inst- it, if you go back far enough, yeah. The last few parts of his IMDb have been crap to me. And like, that's the thing. Two and a Half Men, not the best foot forward for anybody. Sorry. I didn't mm-hmm. care. I actively hated mm-hmm. it. I tried to avoid it. If I, if I was in the room with it, I would just have to leave. So I, I, I don't have, like Big Bang Theory. I have no reason to think don't. for me that like that John Cryer is necessarily funny. Not his fault there. Same time, the only other real experience I have with him is as like Luther's little what, what was it nephew? His nephew. Yeah, his nephew in Superman Four. And and hey, come on, Uncle X. Uh. That was not a good role for anybody, man. That <laughs> no, it's not. It didn't matter. Um. So the producers say we are enormous fans of John Cryer. He was instantly our dream actor to play the iconic role of Lex Luthor. Super, uh, Kevin Smith says he knew about John Cryer a long time ago. He says, when I was working on my episode, they were talking about who would play Lex Luthor and his name as at, uh, was at the top of the list at that point. And I know what they're doing with the character. Like, it's not humorous. It is a dark turn. I mean, good. At least there's that. Um, I'm, he says, I'm literally this, looking this, through his IMDb right now to try to find something I'm not annoyed by. Yeah, I'll let you know says, if I find something. He says, this is going to be like when Ducky went bad. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be cool. The storyline is really, really cool. Someone actually uh, posted uh, the 40 cakes. Lux Luther took 40 cakes meme. It's actually from a, an old children's dictionary, the Super Dictionary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, Lex Luthor running away with like a cart full of forty cakes, and it says when no one el- when no was when no one was looking, Lex Luthor took forty cakes. He took forty cakes. That's as many as four tens, and that's terrible. Someone posted that and asked Cryer if if that will make the cut, and Cryer responded, "This is our season finale." <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, okay, hold on. I've come up with some highlights. Uh huh. Um, I. I don't remember it, but he was in Penn and Teller Get Killed. He played third frat boy. Okay. Well, that was 1989, and very early in his career. He's literally been working as long as I've been alive. His first IMDb rating is in 1984. But mm-hmm. I feel like I, I would have enjoyed that if I did watch it, and I probably have because I've, I've tried to watch everything Penn and Teller did. I enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. Um, he On American Dad, played desk clerk swa- slash quacky. That, uh-huh. That's, I'm sure I laughed. I am. I like. Uh, I enjoyed American Dad during that era, the 2006-09 era. Um, I had forgotten about this, and now I've found the one thing I, I've, I've betrayed myself. Uh-huh. He played Prager on episode "Give Me a C" of Andy Richter Controls the Universe. Oh yeah, he did. I forgot that about it. Was a good turn. Yeah, he did a good job on that. Yeah. All right, so I'm to be to the rescue, and I've assholed myself. Well, I liked them in Pretty in Pink. I liked that movie. I like John Hughes movies. I'm sorry. I, do, I um, honestly, it's one of those I've I've saw him, but I was so young, I don't remember. I really don't. But um, my issue, my issue is once again they're leaning towards Christopher Reeve legacy casting. Mm-hmm. I did say something shitty about that on Twitter. 
I have now kind of gone back over to the other side where I'm like, well, look, man, you know, uh, legacy casting or not, he's a comedic actor who's looking to do a dramatic turn. I'm on board. And it's not like I'm going to lose a whole lot because at this point, Supergirl is my least favorite show. <laughs> like, ever. Like, this season has been atrocious. Except they actually did a pretty good job of making uh, Age of Liberty. Is, is, is the Man of Steel episode his, like, origin his story? His origin story, yeah. Yeah, it was, like, dope. Like, he was great, and it was a fantastic episode. Like, I really, like, I it was like, oh, my God, it's such a slippery slope. Like, he was such a good dude. You get him. They explain him very well. Yes, they did a really good job. It wasn't just like he's just he's some not a complete asshole. You, ex- you see right. where he came from. I get it. They, I thought they did a good um, job with his origin. Yes, I absolutely agree. I like you what know, they've they done didn't... with Hank. Like, there's some ingredients of this season that I, I like, but it so far hasn't. It is a little down to me. I, I don't. I don't think it's mm-hmm. the lowest thing ever. Or, or I'm just saying, it's like the worst show on right now. Like it's just my it least favorite of the, the CW one that I'm shows. Like least the, excited about right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, I did get. I, that was a fantastic episode, and also, man, seeing seeing John put on that detective hat, I was like, hell yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah! Hell We're yeah. there! Yes! Private Dick John! Yeah! Uh, so I'm, I'm like three Go behind, two or three behind on, on a set of credentials and get going. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see John Cryer. Uh, I don't know how it's going to work with him being the son of, uh, of Lillian Luther because the, those actors are like three years apart in age. I, and neither of them, you can do it. You really can. Like they both, they both look their age. That's all I'm saying. I don't think it's they both be that very big much deal. look their age. Maybe not. I'm just saying they both very much look their age, and that's gonna pull it out for me. But hopefully, Cryer pulls it off. I I have high hopes for him. Um, I'm willing to give him a chance. I'm not one of these people who are like you know Jim Carrey can't be in a, dra- in a drama. No, he can absolutely be in it's a not drama. That it's it's not even that. It's just it. I I've never short of just proving myself wrong. I've never had any really great memories of John Cryer, and. Uh, I hope it works out. I hope he does well. I don't. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not yeah. super excited about it, but I hope it works out. And if it doesn't work out, it's only on Supergirl. <laughs> I'm not gonna go that far with it. They're like they're ingredients in this <laughs> season that are gonna they're gonna work out. Yeah. Like, like I I think there's a cake coming. I think there's a couple episodes where we're focused on the flour and the softened butter. Okay. We're getting there. All right. So um. Apparently, Tom Felton is open to returning to The Flash. Yeah, why not? Which I I beg, yes. I loved his character. Yeah. I love Julian. It's a lot of fun. Um, he says, I miss it. I miss those guys terribly. I miss Grant and all the team there. I had a great time in Vancouver for nine months. I Yeah, I say bring back Julian. More fans these days approach me for that than they do for Harry Potter. I mean, there's no active outlet for that, but so I would think so, but yeah. He encourages us to get online and start pestering the producers and say, bring back Julian. It really could work. Absolutely. It it, it matters on shows like these. On shows where you're only getting three and a half million views and like a, on sometimes a good day, mm-hmm. it really matters if a few hundred thousand people say, bring bring this person back. Yeah, that's it's not a bad call. Go for it. Yeah. Start the hashtag. Well, you know, I got you back. Yeah. So um, comicbook.com was talking to Todd Helbing. And uh, they asked him about Crisis on Infinite Earths <laughs> and if they were still intending to pay off the various teases to that. And he says, yeah, but that's all I can say. 
He says, Greg really has a sort of master plan of things, and I'm really excited about how it's going to pay off. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've been and, uh, baited on that for a while, so it, it's time for it to pay off. It really is. That that check is due. Well, Grant Gustin says, you know, he just hopes they can stick around long enough to see what's going on in that newspaper article. He says, we'll have to make it four seasons, five more seasons. Yeah. It's cool, though. Feels like it's earned. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's dated for April of 2024, so yeah, unless they do a flash forward, probably not. Now I don't know how how official this is, but uh, apparently John Berriman was at uh, Supernova in Brisbane, Australia, and revealed to the audience at a Torchwood panel that he is returning to Arrow in season seven. Okay, apparently. I mean, I haven't seen confirmation. I, surely he wouldn't have said it unless there was some kind of return, but. I'm not fighting it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Over to Legends of Tomorrow. It does just seem uh, odd that he would reveal that in some panel in Australia. Yeah. Over on Legends of Tomorrow, the writers, the LOT writers room on Twitter said, let's talk about 407 for a minute or an hour, because there is a surprise appearance made by the one and only Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> oh. All right. Yeah. We're going to move over to Titans real quick. By the way, how are you liking Titans? Are you are you caught up? So down on Titans. It's so great. So happy with Titans. Best show of the of the year, I think. I mean, it. I want to say it's killing it, but that seems on the nose. No, Jason Todd is killing it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my lord! Yeah. What? Oh, oh, those poor police officers. It it was bad, and there were many many casualties. I am loving that show, man. I really am. It you know. Uh, Arrow's been doing that to me this season. Uh, Legends has this mm-hmm. season. Uh, Flash has mm-hmm. always, almost, almost always done this to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it, especially right now with Titans, like at the end of the episode, I'm pissed. Like I'm uh-huh. pissed that that was the end of the episode, and I have to wait till the next week. Yeah. Oh my lord, man! It is such a rough show, but it is amazing. I mean, it, there's some wincing involved. Yeah. Several times, like, like oh, that. That's bordering on body horror there. He sh- Oh, he shouldn't have done that to that arm. I feel like there were bloggers who were going, Batman v Superman was too dark and gritty, and Titans went, hold my beer. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I've got an <laughs> idea. How about we show a guy cooking a fertilized egg? Mm-hmm. How about we show that guy cut his own throat open? Oh, my Lord. Cooking a fertilized egg because, damn it, you're committed to this premise. Oh, man. Everything involving Starfire at this point. Just, good lord, she's an agent of death. <laughs> like, it feels like if, if Dick walks away from her too long, he comes back and is like, okay, what's the body count? How many people yeah. am I worried about? Right. What about the family? They're dead. Damn it, Corey. I didn't do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Even even Gar. Yeah. Even Gar. Oh, Oh, when he turned into that tiger and, and like, ripped that dude's intestines yeah. out. And then he was, like, when he turned back and he's, like, the blood is coming out of his mouth. It was pouring out of his mouth. And he's, like, I bit someone. Yeah. Like, oh, God. It was, like, heartbreaking. It was. It was heartbreaking. It was. They, like, he unleashed Such a part a of himself job. that he didn't know was there. It's, it's been right. And then, good Lord, everything with Raven. Like, mm-hmm. No single part of like, every yes. moment she's been on screen has been compelling. Mm-hmm. Like her and her Did you and Gar see? were playing pinball, and I still thought, "Well, that's a cute damn moment," you know. Absolutely. <sighs> I want to go back to Hawk and Dove. I want a series. Yeah, wouldn't mind a spinoff on that at all. Uh, so did you did you see that the the DC Universe uh, launched 
a poll about deciding the fate of Jason Todd's death I, I, or, or Jason Todd's Robin? I did not, but uh, hell yes. The libs have it, by the way. 73% to the 27% dies, but I don't agree. I want him to die. I want him to become Red Hood. I want the whole thing. I, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind that at all. I There's some part of me uh, that's like finally excited about a Jason that's going over well. Mm-hmm. I, it's, uh, that first one, I get it. I probably would have voted that way, too. I mean, I know it's heresy on a DC podcast to bring up Joss Whedon, especially after uh, Justice League, but, you know, Joss Whedon always said, you know, you don't give the audience what they want, you give the audience what they need. (laughs) Yeah. And I agree with that. Jason Dodd needs to die and become Red Hood. It was good. Same time, the audience wanted that back in uh, Death in the Family, and it was was iconic. It was was a close call. It was a close call. It was a close call. But it was also, it ended up being a really good uh, issue, or series. Mm-hmm. It was a good turn and overall for the character because the character was annoying as hell back then. <sighs> yeah, some people need to go sometimes. I do get it's just frustrating as a Jason, but there's there's a small sub <laughs> like when we're represented in fiction in fiction it's 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 not not heroically we are mm-hmm. we are poorly represented in fiction. Did I ever tell you that like I know I realized one day that like for the longest time like my only Robin action figure was made in 1986 and never said what his last name was on the back. There was no, like, no bio for his last name, for, I mean, for his, like, real name. Oh, wow. So I feel like it was a 1986 Robin figure. And they just didn't know where it for was going. For years, for years, the only Robin figure I had was a Jason Todd figure, and I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't have, like, numbers and names on the back. It's, yeah. It's rough. Just like, you know, I don't know. Anyway, uh... I'm really excited about this. They, on Swap Thing, they have cast, uh, and I know, I know a few years ago, I was, or not a few years ago, what the hell am I talking about? Two weeks ago, uh-huh. I was champion, championing the idea of uh, them giving uh, John Glover another shot at Jason Woodrew, the Floronic Man over on Swamp Thing. Still nothing wrong with that. Yeah. They clearly didn't, just, they decided not to go that way. Uh-huh. I respect it. I'm really excited about who they did choose. Kevin Durand, who uh, I don't know him from anything but Lost, and he played spoilers for Lost. If anyone still cares, uh, <laughs> he was he was just this psychotic assassin hired by Charles Widmore to come to the island. He is like he's just fantastic. I loved his character on that. He was he's like someone put Christopher Walken into a bodybuilder's body. Oh, like interesting, and then made him snort coke. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. He's a good actor. He's very intense. He's very dark. And, like, just something about his look. He does psychotic very, very, very well. Hmm. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever... I really don't know if I've ever seen him on anything, man. I mean, I'm yeah. looking at this IMDb again. I, I'm. It, he was in Wolverine, but I don't really remember that. Yeah. American Dad again. Man, there's a lot of voice actors in American Dad. Mm-hmm. They're describing as a prickly genius. Jason Woodrow is a biogeneticist without equal, and he knows it. Brought in to study the unique properties of a small-town Louisiana swamp, Woodrow becomes fixated on unlocking the potential contained within, leading to tragic and monstrous consequences. Mm. Fair enough. You don't know from anything, though? At all? Really having trouble. Sorry. I'm just... Mm. Just keep scrolling through. I I keep seeing his picture, though, and thinking, like, man, he, he he could play Elon Musk if he had to. He could. He really could. He does look a little like Elon Musk. If, if, if I mean, he would probably play him like a psychotic, you know, 
mercenary. It depends on who you ask about Elon, Elon Musk. That's that's more or less accurate. <laughs> that is really a per conversation uh, judgment. By the way, uh, Swamp Thing has the pilot has begun production. Ah, good, good, good. They're filming. Yes, they are filming. Uh, Crystal Reed, who's playing Abby Arcane, took a picture of Lynn Wiseman behind the camera with the ta- with the uh, hashtag Day One. So nice. I'm 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 just excited about all this. This is a good time for geeks, man. Yeah, absolutely. Did you see the Justice, the Young Justice Outsiders yes. trailer? Yes. Also, a great time for geeks right there. Man, just they're getting into some dark shit, man. Meta trafficking, kids in cages and stuff. Like, yeah. But they've always trafficked in that. They always like, have. They always have. They've always been a very adultish kind of show. I I, I love it. Mm, I'm just I'm, I'm. It's January fourth. It premieres January fourth. Oh, that's. As soon as I'd hoped. That is, that's close. That is. I do. I, uh, I, I really am looking forward to that one, man. I mean, even the silly shots, like, I forget what the name of that, uh, the ball is. Superboy's uh, ball. Uh-huh. I want to say maybe Bali. I don't know. It's something really stupid. Um, <laughs> but there's like him, like his ball and another uh, similar looking ball collide and like explode a guy. And that was just. That just looked like weird, campy goodness in the middle of a bunch of really fun, dark shit. That was it. Was exciting. Yeah, but the ball is a creature. The ball is like a like a its own little mother box kind of creature. Well, no, it's like a creature creature. It's like a like a sentient thing. Yeah. There, well, no, but I what? mean that there was in the trailer you see like a head and arms and legs in a body. Oh. And it had goggles on, and then it like curled up like a freaking armadillo and turned into the ball. <laughs> I honestly can't remember if it's transformed before. Is that a new thing? I think it's a new is thing. It, I don't is that remember a new that. shake? Oh, I like it. And, you know, for the life of me, I am not good at remembering new God stuff. So. Yeah, precedent is going to be lost on us. I, yeah. <laughs> and it has been a full two years since I've seen a single Young Justice episode. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if, if he's or she, I don't know, has transformed before. Yeah. But go back and look at that trailer. That thing is that's like a just like a giant red new god's turtle. Oh, that's pretty good though. <sighs> that's pretty good. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I know, sentient. Like, no, I mean it's a thing. No, you it's mean a person. an actual creature? Oh, it's got legs and arms, man. <laughs> like I had to look what at it a couple times. Creature looking like, parts. Gotcha. I was like, wait. Is that what I just saw? Was it? Is it like a giant red turtle? <laughs> mm. I'm pretty sure that's what I saw, though. I didn't pause on any of it. I, I, like, even the uh, there's, I, I didn't catch who it is. I, I, I didn't. I really didn't. Uh, whoever it is that kind of explodes volcanically in what looks mm-hmm. like the uh, like the Titans kind of training grounds. Yeah, I don't know what that was. Like I caught it looked like um, Robin had a hood, and I was like, that looks like Damien. I don't know who it was that actually exploded, but there was a moment where, uh, what is that, a quick little, like, yeah, Dick Wishedly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw Metamorpho. I was excited about Metamorpho. <laughs> yeah. There was no part of what I saw that I wasn't happy about. Me either. We live in interesting times. It's like the old Chinese curse. <laughs> yeah. All, I mean, I'm out. Do you have anything? Have anything else? No. I think I'm sold. Well, I'd like to tell you guys what the fake stories were, because there were two this week to make up for our, our lack of being here. Mm-hmm. Um, no one is suing Gotham. 
Yeah. No one is suing Gotham over those over that terrible Bane costume. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Lynn Wiseman did not post a picture of a tulip or whatever it was, like growing in preparation for Swamp Thing. It was a funny bit. Uh, Although, you can thank Jason for those. Thank you. And the the thing I like about the, both of those is I'm not sure either of them sounded more crazy than the cinematographer getting arrested. Yeah, that was my favorite thing. Where I was just like, "Oh my god, this this is not the this is this is this is real. <laughs> this is this not is an actual papers. thing that happened." <laughs> like I, all right. There's there's no intention to mislead with those. They're supposed to be absurdist, and then every now and then the actual news just is weirder. No. They're just meant to be a bit of fun, and hopefully people will write in and tell us, you really had me with that, or, you know, I knew that was the bullshit one. Yeah. There, there have been a couple of those, and uh, it was very, very rewarding. Yeah. Also, I think Jason just needs to find a, an outlet for his creativity, and he's being inundated with clickbait, so this is how it's coming out. Yeah, we've been, we've been uh, like, pressurized with the clickbait, and, and you know, and it's like in between, in between baby screams now, I've just, just got to... <laughs> <laughs> got to do something with all that energy. Yeah. It does uh, it's it's uh I I hope it comes across that way. It's it's a wink and a nod to the world we live in, but it does feel like a little bit of way that we're like fighting back in a way that's having we're having a little bit of fun mm-hmm. with the world that we're inundated with where we just live in this clickbait bullshit world. Where they, like entire sites with millions of visitors and clicks that are nothing but crap, substantiating crap stories, no journalism being done whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, it's uh, just trying to have a little fun with that. I think it's fun, but you know, I'm biased. You had me at hello. Right. All right. Should we call it? Is two hours enough? Mm, yeah. Yeah. I got. Um, okay. I got to go check on situations. Ooh, situations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Folks, thank you so much for listening. We are DC on screen. You can find us at dconscreen.com. We tweet at DC on screen. I tweet at D- David C. Robertson sometimes. Uh, are you using your Twitter? Not really. All right. Well, go message him at DuckDuckGoss and bug him. Tell him to tweet more often. And um, Hey, you can tweet one-handed, and I'm discovering all kinds of things you can do with one arm these days. Mm, that sounds really dirty. It does. But it's, it's really the most family-friendly thing I've said in a long time. <laughs> Until next time, guys, keep some DC on your screen. Our opening narration was from Dan Jurgens' The History of the DC Universe, Part 3 of 10, as featured in DC 52, Week 4. It was performed by me, David C. Robertson. Intro music by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Future Elevators, could be found on Spotify or future-elevators.com. Our introduction was performed by F.E. Ophelders of the fantastic podcast Stealing the Remote, which lives on SoundCloud. It can also be found on iTunes and Stitcher. We are proudly in partnership with TV Time. TV show calendar and social media site that lets you keep track of what you're watching, what your friends are watching, and where you all left off. DC On Screen is a maladjusted production. Visit maladjusted.tv for more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, an improvised web series, vlogs, parodies, and more. Are you-